Welcome, everyone, to episode 148 of the NBA Podcast. I'm Brian Toporek, and today we're going to talk about a cool opportunity for the uh, NBA draft prospects who weren't invited to the NBA Combine. They attended the Pro Basketball Combine. So we have the founder of the Pro Basketball Combine joining us today. Before we get underway, though, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter at AlmightyCast. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? I'm feeling a little bit underappreciated, Brian, because I just spent 12 hours preparing dinner via slow cooker for my family, and then the ruling was, Daddy, this doesn't taste good. So, oh no! Yeah, What'd you yeah. make? Um, I'm not sure how you say that in English, but it's beef, <laughs> beef, okay, um, and and, and uh, carrots and all. I I thought it was delicious, but my son was just looking at me like, "Nope, not gonna have it." And, I, and then I looked over at my wife. She was like, "Yeah, I kind of agree with our son." I'm like, "Yeah, oh, okay, no. I'm, I'm never gonna make dinner again." Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. I'll bring you a sous vide when I come there in July. That'll change your life forever. <laughs> Uh, also joining us today is the founder of the Pro Basketball Combine, Jake Kelfer. Jake, how's it going? Hey guys, how's everything going? Great to be here. Excited to talk all things PBC with you guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, before we got underway, can you just let our listeners know where they can find you on Twitter? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can find me personally at Jake Kelfer, J-A-K-E-K-E-L-F-E-R. And you can find the Professional Basketball Combine on Twitter at Pro B-Ball Combine. Uh, we'd love to connect with you guys in any way, shape, or form over there. Very cool. Yeah, give Jake a follow. He's going to be a great resource, especially these next couple of weeks. But you know, this is now. Uh, I mean, this thing's only going to get bigger in the years to come. It seems so. Jake, I'm I, you know for the listeners out there who haven't heard of the Pro B Ball Combine, can you just give some background information on what it is, how it came to be, um, some of the prospects who attended last year? Absolutely. So the Professional Basketball Combine is a secondary draft combine that features players looking to get that extra opportunity. And in 2017, which is our first year, we had 23 players. In 2018, we had 24 players. Um, And basically what we do is very similarly to the official NBA combine, we put our players through a series of combine testing. So the lane agility, the shuttle time, the vertical jumps, all those types of things. We do different shooting drills, off the dribble, catch and shoot, all types of statistics like that. Very similar to how the NBA combine does it. And then we also have a three-on-three component where we'll actually pit up the different uh, level of competition where we have these guys playing in multiple three-on-three games to really show these scouts um, and assistant GMs and executives who are in attendance what they are capable of and why they deserve to be in the NBA. And then we also have a team interview component that really brings home everything uh, where the teams can actually select which players they want to interview and really just get to know these guys on a more personal level. So when you look at it, it's, it's very similar to the NBA combine. Um, and we're just, you know, trying to continue to add value to what I think is the greatest organization in the world in the NBA. So that's a little bit about the event. And then in terms of some of the guys that we had last year, I mean, as I mentioned, we had 23 players, of those 23 players, we had four guys sign two-way contracts, including Antonio Blakeney, who went on to win the G League Rookie of the Year. 
we also had eight players sign internationally and then 11 other players uh, play in the G League this past season. So we're really excited to see what the future holds for our 2018 PBC participants. Very cool. Uh, so in terms of the NBA component of it, how does it work? Do you scouts from all of these teams or as many teams as possible attend? Do you have involvement with general managers and assistant general managers as well? Yeah, I mean, we what we do is we try to get as many team representatives as possible at the event. You know, this year we had 20, uh, 20 NBA teams represented, which was really great, um, up from 16 last year, including several new teams as well, which was a great jump in the right direction for us. Uh, we also have people following along from all over the world. I mean, one of our participants, uh, you know, tends to hit the headlines with Langelo Ball often. <laughs> so, you know, that that drew a international, um, you know, media attention and fan base, which really helped expand the event for all the other guys as well, not just Langelo. So that was really cool to see. And, um, you know, we really want to continue to expand this with the, with the teams. I mean, for them to be able to see 24 players in one location over the course of two days, I mean, that's a pretty unique opportunity. And, um, you know, for the players to be able to be seen by this many teams uh, is definitely going to be more than the amount of workouts they're going to have. So it's, so it's a really great chance for these guys to get out there, get their get some extra media attention leading up to the draft where, you know, we all know how important, you know, positive media buzz is leading mm. up to draft, summer league and training camp deals. Yeah, that makes total sense. We'll, we'll definitely get back to Leangelo because we obviously, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Mort, do you have any questions about the overall background of the event? Or I know, you know, Mort, uh, Jake is a recovering Bulls fan, so he, <laughs> he, he holds a fond spot in his heart for Antonio Blakeney. But more, any questions about the guys last year, the whole the overall event, or do you want to yeah, go right I, into this year? Well, basically, um, when it comes to having so many players in college, which is like you know you have so many teams, you have so many players around. Like I feel there is a major need for having this secondary draft uh, combine, basically, or, or you know, basically to ha- give teams a proper chance to have everyone really be represented properly. So, how much focus do you put into like let's give the you know the lesser guy a chance to really uh, get himself on the radar? I mean, it's a great question. I mean, with an event like ours, scouting becomes very, very, very important in the sense that there's only 70 or so players that get invited to and attend the actual NBA Combine, right? And that list comes out very close to the NBA Combine. So throughout mm. the school year and the college year, we're doing our due diligence, visiting programs, talking with coaches, talking with AAU coaches, really trying to see like who who maybe is underperforming in the system that they're in or who is overperforming but not getting the love because they're from a mid-major or a smaller school, right? Um, you know, one of our players this year, for example, Todd Withers from Queens University, Division II prospect, but he came highly recommended by teams that they really wanted to see him there. And so we gave him a shot after, you know, doing our due diligence and talking to people. And he mm-hmm. did really well. You know, he's already had multiple workouts um, and interest since our event last week so when it comes to scouting though you know one of the big things that we really try to focus on is where do the where do we see these guys projections and how can their game translate and is there interest from NBA personnel and professional teams and if we can get that then we start to play around with you know all the other factors that go into evaluating players you know how do they finish at the rim what do we, how can they shoot you know what do their measurements translate to what can we project them to perform in the combine test. I mean, there's a science behind it. And myself and a couple others on our team 
um, which is led by John Chepkovich, who's one of our lead scouting guys. He did a great job this year, really just helping us narrow down our list from people that were interested versus people we really wanted to invite and target earlier on. Um, and so that's kind of a little bit about how we kind of approach the situation. Um, and obviously, as you can tell, we did a pretty good job with the 24 guys mixing and matching between alternates of the NBA combine to guys that people are like, hmm, let's see what they can do and really expand upon mm. that moving forward. I feel fans often forget <clears throat> that draft evaluation and salad evaluation is a year-long process and not something that's just <laughs> kind of comes about <laughs> in the months leading up to the draft. I, I mean, I assume that you're working 24-7, basically, <laughs> year-round. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say I work 24-7 all year round on this, um, you know, but, but I, do, I do put in a lot of effort. I mean, this past year, yeah. I really wanted to improve the level of players that we had across the board and just get the, get the world to know more about the event. So I was actually on an eight-month road trip starting in October of wow. 2017 up until the Combine this past, uh, this past week at the end of May, mm. traveling to different programs, seeing what's going on, meeting with team execs, meeting with agents, meeting with different trainers, and really trying to learn who would be better, how could we leverage the players that we had last year, who ended up doing well this past year. Um, you know, a guy like Antonio, what skill sets did he have when I was looking at him um, and what his agent was selling me on when he came to where he ended up now? Obviously, him being the G League Rookie of the Year, I mean, that's, that's an incredible accomplishment. Um, oh, yeah. But even a guy like Mango Mathiang or a Jalen Johnson, who's also in the Bulls organization, you know, Jalen Johnson yep. was a guy that was, you know, came out a year early. It was kind of like, what should he be going back to school? What's going on? But then he came to our event last year, did really well, and it translated really well. We had a couple triple doubles this year for the Windy City Bulls, and that's been great. So now you look at, okay, what are those skill sets? What were their measurements? What do they bring to the table? And how can those move forward for this year? And so, you know, while I was doing that on the road, you know, outside of the professional basketball combine, I'm also an author and a motivational speaker where I work with colleges and high schools and teams. So I was able to combine the two across this road trip, which is, which was a pretty incredible experience, all helping uh, develop the growth of the businesses and the PBC in general. Do you have any plans to go international? Because there are a lot of young guys as well in, in Europe and, and across the pond, generally speaking, that might need the exposure. Yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's definitely opportunities here for growth. Um, you know, one of the biggest things with the PBC is that everyone who attends our event has to be draft eligible. So mm -hmm. that is one big factor into the overseas market that makes it interesting. The other big factor is, you know, teams are so busy at this time of the year, going to all yeah. the pro days, going to the NBA combine, doing their due diligence, their evaluations, hosting their own workouts, that their time is, you know, I, I, I value their time and they value their time as well. So it's really important to make sure that I put the best players that I can in front of them. So if that means, uh, you know, that I have 48 players that they can see and I know that they really want to see, then maybe that's what we do with if it maybe is creating a NBA PBC and then an overseas PBC, that's also something that could be coming down mm -hmm. the line. You know, we're constantly working on what are the ways to expand that continues to add the most value to the players, the agents, and the team personnel who are giving us their time and their energy um, to be in attendance. If you ever expand to Denmark, hit me up. <laughs> I will. Yeah, you'll be my, my first call if we expand to oh, Denmark. I appreciate that. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, I, I think... J Mort, you said it well, uh, you know, this is a year-long thing, and especially with the expansion of the G League, you know, and these the, the two-way contracts that just started last year, teams are really going to have to start digging deeper into these prospects. So I think mm -hmm. there is 
a huge value add in terms of, you know, as you said, Jake, only like 70 or so prospects attend. Yeah, you know, 60 of those guys might get drafted, but that leaves, what, 10 guys who weren't at the combine who didn't get drafted? Like, you, you need to have a wider reach if you're looking for guys to fill out your summer league teams and your G League teams. So this is a really cool opportunity for, you know, all teams to come together and get a broader sense of, you know, which guys they might want to see. They can get athletic testing. The three-on-three the three scrimmage, I'm sure, is highly valuable in terms of, you know, like, we, we see guys hit plenty of shots stand still on the bounce with no defender in front of them but how do they perform you know in actual live competition because it's often difficult to get the top prospects at the combine to participate in that portion at least um jake let's let's move into this year's prospects and as as a disclaimer right off the top we are we'll we'll obviously ask about liangelo but on this podcast We've had a long-standing rule that we have referred to his father as Voldemort because he who must not be named, we're afraid that if he, if we say his name, he will gain power until at some point he will take over the NBA. But all of that said, we're going to break that rule today. We will call him yes. Lavar by his first name out of deference to you. But don't worry, loyal listeners, it will go back to Voldemort after this. So... Let's talk about Leangelo because I just saw a report from uh, I think Jeff Goodman and Ramona Shelburne who were talking about you know he worked out with the Lakers on Tuesday. Um, how did he fare at this year's event, and what did you know what what did you hear from scouts, if anything? I mean, Leangelo Leangelo played well. I mean, I think I think coming into it, you know, a lot of people are mixed on their thoughts on Leangelo. You either have people that are just rooting for him to be the biggest failure of all time. And you have other people mm. who think he should be a first round draft pick. You know, there's, there's really no people in the middle there. There's people that are just extremes one way or the other. And that's with everything with the ball family, Lonzo, Lamelo, Lavar, Tina, every, everybody involved with the family. But, you know, ultimately at this event, you know, Lanjo came in there and, and he did what he uh, was supposed to do. You know, he played hard, he competed, he performed the best that he could. And, you know, it was, it was awesome for us to have him there because it was, a great platform for teams and players to really see can he compete with players at this level and he definitely showed that he can compete you know and one of the things that I really liked about Leangelo was something that was off the court um you know because for me as much as I want the guys to succeed on the court I look for what what dif- what separates you from everybody else and one of the things that I noticed with Leangelo was he was one of the first guys after each game to go over and give the opposing team high fives you know, and for me, that was just something so little and so unique because Langell's not the most outspoken person. He's a pretty quiet guy, but he's a competitor. And to see somebody go up to these guys, even though it's a, you know, a friendly scrimmage, a competitive scrimmage, you know, giving high five, giving dabs to these guys really showed me, you know, that, that Langell has more than, you know, people want to give him credit for. And so the combination of him on and off the court was great. Um, but overall, you know, it was, it was really just a great experience to have him competing against players at this caliber who are going to be in the NBA, if it's not this year, in the future years, or in the G League, that are going to have real opportunities here to make some money, to make an impact, and to ultimately, you know, make a roster and, Mm. you know, achieve their dream playing the NBA. So that was really exciting for me to see um, from Langelo's standpoint and how he fared against the rest of the competition. And and I feel it's it's important also to note that you know, scouts and general managers watching these guys now, it doesn't mean that they have to select a, a guy right now. It could be gathering data for down the line. Like maybe someone in the season, you know, gets injured and you're looking to get call a guy up. You're looking to, to strengthen the bench, bench, whatever. Like there's could be so many things happening. 
but just the fact that you have that ability as as a as a GM or or uh, or a scout to go, oh, you know what? I've seen this guy. I've seen him before. I, I I'm familiar with him. I think that plays a big part in how teams uh, build a roster. Honestly, I completely agree. I mean, for us too. I mean, we know that a lot of these prospects probably won't get drafted. So it's going to be okay. Well, what's the plan for your career? What are you doing to set yourself up for the future? Um, and just as much as we focus about that on the court, getting these guys the interviews, getting these guys the opportunity to then go in to do workouts, it is to accumulate that data and to really be like, okay, this player, we saw what he could do at the collegiate level, but now look at this guy and, and his performance here. How does this mm -hmm. translate next? Do we want to bring him into a workout? Do we want to invite him to summer league? Do we want to draft him? Do we want to use a two-way contract spot? So I do think the um, comparison of data and statistics and um, the eye test is, is a big portion to these kids' futures um, as they get ready for that next phase of their life. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, how about some of the other prospects who were in attendance this year? Who were, who were the, some of the big names yeah, I mean, look, there there were 23 other great prospects outside of Landro. 24, if we want to, um, if we include Dang Adele from Louisville, who was only able to participate in the combine testing portion. Um, but we also had Kendall Stevens from Nevada, who who shot the lights out. We had LeGerald Vick from Kansas, Kendrick Nunn from Oakland. Um, you know, we had a lot of great players. We had Jay Sean Tate from Ohio State, who a lot of people, you know, say is super undersized for his position, which isn't inaccurate, but what he was able to do in the course of his games and the heart that he showed on the court was like, wow, this kid can hang no matter where you're playing. This is this is a guy that, that you want to have on your roster in some capacity. It's just a matter of where, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so there, there were a lot of other great players um, that we could go on and on. I mean, we had um, so many other, other good players that were really about the event. Kaiser Gates from Xavier, Brandon Sampson from LSU, Dikembe Dixon from UIC. I mean, these those three guys that I just mentioned all came out early um, and signed with an agent, but they are working their way up. And Dikembe Dixon and Brandon Sampson and Kaiser Gates, they all showed that they, they belonged in the event. Um, you know, you have a guy like Darius Thompson who went to Western Kentucky, didn't get the invite to Portsmouth, but ends up at our event just showing, wow, this kid, this kid's good. Um, you know, with his frame, with his body. And it's, it was great to be able to see him in actions and the teams were really, were really into him. Um, you know, another guy that was really intriguing at the event was Nana Fallon from Bucknell. You know, a guy that's, you know, a traditional big 6'9", 225, a little small for that, but can really move um, in a way mm -hmm. that you might not necessarily think just by looking at him. So that was, uh, you know, there's so many great players that we had there. Victor Sanders from Idaho. Um, there were just a lot of great players uh, that we were able to put against each other and have compete. When you invite players, how much do you take into account, you know, how the NBA plays nowadays? Like we've seen a transition in NBA ball go from very traditional basketball, you know, where positions mattered a lot to, to transition into a more smooth area where there there's like an evolution in positionless basketball. Everyone needs to be able to switch. Everyone needs to be able to shoot. Like how much do you look at that and go, okay, we need to target certain individuals? Look, it definitely, it definitely plays into our thought process. Um, with that said, though, I think, it's, I think it's really important to note that we, as an event, try to find the best players that we can and then also make sure our, we have the best matchups that we can, right? So, you know, when you look at this year, we didn't have very many traditional bigs. You know, Nana Fallon, as I mentioned, was one of our most traditional bigs. 
But mm. and part of that was because of the way the game's changing. Where do you have you know your six six to six nine six ten wings or point forwards or whatever it may be that we want to showcase the variety of the skill sets, right? So when you look at a a guy like Rodney Bullock from Providence, you know he's not a traditional big and he's going to play his game and he's going to stretch the floor. He's going to shoot the ball. He's going to put on the ground a little bit. I mean, he does things that, you know, are great and that translate well to this next level. I mean, a guy like Kendall Stevens, you know, you look at him and you're like, this is a guy that's going to go to the league and he's going to play. He's going to be a scorer. He's going to shoot three and he's going to be a three and D guy. Um, you know, so there were, there were a lot of guys that we definitely considered that factor in. But at the end of the day, you know, when we evaluate the players. We try to look at the players that we think will fit with the best matchups and that the mm. NBA teams will really want to see the most because, again, it goes back to how do we provide the best value to the players, which is creating as much opportunity for them as possible, and how do we provide the most value for the teams, which is putting the best players on the court and giving them the most entertaining and valuable scouting opportunities uh, and interview opportunities while they're with us for the 24 to 48 hours that they're that they're on site watching the event so you're actually you know are kind of a, a pseudo type of agent for these guys like you are a voice for them so to speak in in a way in a way yeah i mean you know we do a lot of work with the players agents um to really you know let them know what the experience really is all about because we have stuff that goes on off the court, you know, a photo shoot, just something as simple as getting a guy's headshot, which seems like a, a unique thing to mention, but teams are always looking for, where's a good headshot of this guy? I need, I haven't seen much of him. Where can I find a picture of him? How does he look? What's his, what's his body structure like? I mean, something so simple as that to talking to these players about how to brand themselves off the court, how to do media training and prepare for these interviews. I mean, all of oh, these little things um, are things that we added this year to really enhance the player to make them even more prepared for the for the teams or to really help their agents understand that because for me you know I try to look at the whole picture you know obviously mm. you got to perform on the court if you want to get noticed but at the end of the day here there's hundreds and thousands of players that can perform on the court what makes you different and this is what I talk about when I do the stuff I said off the court where I, I do my public speaking and, and I write books is how to help people reach their potential and for so many people in this world is about finding their unique, their unique difference that propels them to that next level that elevates them to that next level. And so for me, one of the big things that we really try to focus on is helping these players get to that next level and having their agents come on board as supporters of the program to really push them and give them the best experience that they can have setting themselves up for the best professional start of their career. Interesting. So I, I just want to go back a year and talk about Antonio Blakeney. Just for a brief moment, because I've been waiting for this. <laughs> 32 points a game in the G League. Uh, rookie of the year. An MVP candidate, honestly, as well, in the G League. Um, I, I don't remember having seen someone come in with such bravado in the G League before. I mean, that has to also give your organization a major boost. And, and just, I mean, that has to be terrific to sit and follow all year long. I mean, it was great. I mean, are you kidding? A guy comes to our program, uh, comes to the combine, leaves, end up scoring 32. I don't think anyone was seven or eight points close to him on the on the points per game in, in the statistics. And across the board, his statistics were great. He shot high from the field, shot well. But mm. look, when you when you look at that, I mean, that's that's a dream for an event like ours, right? Is to have a guy come through the program and produce. Um, you know, Antonio Blake, and he's a phenomenal player. And he was a guy that started off, you know, in talks with Ben Simmons, right? Like as this LSU guy, he's going to come in, he's going to go one and done. He's, he's the man. 
Well, then he doesn't. That doesn't happen. Then the next year, you know, he averages 17.5 points a game or something as a sophomore at LSU. And, you know, people are still kind of like, well, maybe Antonio's not the, the prospect we thought he was. But he came out, signed with an agent, and he ended up at our event, which kind of put him back on track. Um, and he was really able to, when he interviewed with a bunch of teams, really able to show these teams who he was. Uh, because mm-hmm. I think people had a different perception of him than who he was on the court, but also off the court. And I keep going back to that. And I know that several scouts told me that that had changed their perception of the way they viewed Antonio as, as a player and as a teammate for, for their organization. And that had led to, you know, everything that was to come. And then he dominates summer league. He has a great summer league. And then he signs the two-way deal and just puts on a show for everybody. I mean, NBA G <laughs> yeah. league fans, mm-hmm. let alone bulls fans. I mean, it was, it was a beautiful thing to see. So, you know, of course we're, we're proud of that. Antonio is a great player. I think no matter what would have happened, he would have, you know, figured it out. But I definitely think him at our event was a huge component for him in that pre-draft process, changing the perception, adding to the value of what he really brings to an organization. And, you know, we're, we're going to see him in the NBA for years to come. And this is really what's interesting to me. It is that you have these guys who may not be the prototypical, you know, high lottery targets where you have the guys who can turn into role players, maybe even more. I mean, in Blakeney's case, I wouldn't even be surprised if five years down the line, he's starting somewhere in the league. I mean, that could be a possibility, especially with his scoring jumps. But uh, just having that that luxury, really, of having a combine that takes a look at the guys who are just not covered. Because when you look at ESPN and, and all the websites out there, it's always devoted to like this year specifically, Luka Doncic, DeAndre Ayton, all those guys. And you just kind of breeze over so many prospects that could potentially come into the NBA and make a difference, either as a 3 and D guy or as a high character guy off the bench who just knows how to get teammates involved like mentally or and just be a, a, a wicked awesome person, honestly, in, in the locker room, which carries so much weight. And really that's something you know, everyone doesn't talk enough about. So I think it's interesting to see that there is uh, that there is a secondary option for these guys. And I, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to following this as the year goes on because, I mean, look, the NBA today is all about finding that hidden gem, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say it is about that. And, you know, that was one of the big reasons why we started uh, PBC in the first place was, you know, I mean, everywhere we look now there are players coming out of mid-major programs there are players that maybe didn't Mm. perform at their at the high major programs there are guys coming from all different places and there's an opportunity for them to find the right fit you know i mean jonathan simmons is a a perfect example of a guy like this Mm. but then when you factor in okay last year we added two-way contracts that's 60 new opportunities for people to play in the nba and make money there's three new g league teams and another one this year over the course of the last two years, the G League's becoming more and more of a true minor league system. You know, the fees are, the salary just got raised. The The opportunity here in America is so much more. And so with that, you have to, we have to focus on everything else, not just the top 60 draft picks, because there is so much more to an NBA team, to an organization, to everybody than just being one of these highly recruited prospects. Now, Let's not let's not jump the gun here and say that we should be spending all of our time trying to find the hidden gem. But what we what we do, I think what I do think is important right. is that we acknowledge, look, these guys that are top 15 lottery picks that are first round picks, these guys are awesome and they're fantastic and I wish the best for them. But there's also so much more opportunity now than there has ever been in the game of basketball to stay in America. And I think that's where, you know, the general basketball fan is going to start to learn more and more 
over the course of the next few years. I mean, just at our event alone, I mean, you have guys like JP Makura. You have guys like Wes Clark from Buffalo who did great in the NCAA tournament, turned some heads, and it's like, okay, is was that a fluke or is that real? You know, these are the things that are going to be really interesting to follow as one Ari Grant prog- as as our event progresses, but also as the NBA continues to just become this international sensation of a league, just mm. blowing up left and right with the G League, the two-way contracts, the NBA. I mean, I think everything in basketball is trending in a positive direction, and you know, for me, it's just a blessing to kind of be a part of that and hopefully aid that process uh, to make everybody's lives a little more fun, a little more enjoyable, and a little bit easier um, when you look at from a team standpoint as well as the general fan uh, who watches the game of basketball and wants to see their guys from their, their hometown make it to the, to the NBA. Yeah, I mean, as a Sixers guy, you know, I've, we have Robert Covington, who was an undrafted free agent, TJ McConnell, an undrafted free agent, and, you know, going back to the two-way guys, like, I think about, when I think about two-way guys, I think about the Los Angeles Clippers, who, like, t- without Ty Wallace last year, you know, when all of their point guards got hurt, like, Ty Wallace slid in on a two-way deal and kept them afloat for a long time, so it's, I think it's a, a fair point, Jake. Like, you're right. You know, the DeAndre Aytons and Luka Doncic's of the world are going to get the most attention because they're the high lottery picks. They're the guys who you can build a franchise around in theory. But, you know, you need role players too. And if, you know, with a with a late second round pick or an undrafted free agent, you don't have to shell out an enormous amount of money right away. So if you hit on one of those guys, if you get a Covington or a McConnell or a Ty Wallace, like that's an enormous asset for your team. I think, you know, the fact that you're giving teams an opportunity to have a place to scout all of these types of players in one place is huge. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, you mentioned how this year you incorporated like the headshots and the media training based on feedback from last year. Um, Was there anything else that happened? You know, you did the event last year, you sat back like postmortem afterward and like, all right, you know, we need to do X, Y, and Z that you incorporated this year? I mean, one of the, one of the biggest things that we, we tried to do this year versus last year was last year, every player played in one scrimmage. Now, this is where, you know, if, if you love basketball and you follow the draft to the T, this is where this gets interesting because the NBA has pre-draft rules set in place. And one of those big, one of the main rules there is that you can only have six players on the court at one time and 12 unique players play in one day. So that's why if you notice we did 24, we do four groups of six, 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 right? So that we can get that 12 in a day um, to really maximize that. But one of the biggest things that we changed from year one to year two was we gave every player an opportunity to play two games of scrimmaging. Um, which I think was really valuable because, yeah, you know, you could see them once, but if you see them twice, maybe the matchup is better. Maybe they can't, maybe they have an off shooting performance. You know, they do their, their spot shooting, but then they get in the game and maybe they're off a little bit. So they get a chance to do that. Or maybe they go off and they have, you know, they, they hit seven threes and you're like, wait a sec, is this guy really this good? You know, cause, cause where has this been? And then they do it again, the second game. Right. So that was one of the big things that we really tried to include um, was that another big thing that, that we were really excited to really expand upon was our team interview component and really try to build that into the foundation of the event because that's where teams were really seeing some incredible value. So those were, I mean, from year one to year two, some of the biggest um, changes that we made based off feedback. And then in terms of just growth of the event was when I wanted to incorporate the media training to help these guys learn how to prepare for their interviews to do the photo shoot and, you know, for player experience, as well as the headshots to be able to have for teams and people available 
Um, we also do our own interviews uh, with the PBC staff and the players to, you know, we do a fun interview to get these guys excited to just have them relax on camera, answer some fun questions. And then we do some serious interviews with them as well to help them, you know, really push forward. And some of these guys will go end up overseas, but we'll have interviews that are questions that we ask based off what teams we're looking for. So we have interviews now of all these guys that teams can then ask for to receive part of a package deal to, to get some of these player interviews. So there's so many great things that we've expanded on from year one to year two, but you know, there's, there's always room for improvement. I'll be the first one mm-hmm. to tell you, we can always get better. We can always improve. Um, and that's, that's my job as, as the founders to continue to create something that gets better each year and to continue making sure that our players are put in a position to succeed. How many um, <clears throat> scouts from international teams were, were present uh, this year and last year? So we didn't have any international scouts present um, at the event. And there's a couple reasons for that. One, it just scheduling wise, it doesn't make the most sense for a lot of the international teams, especially with the global camp right. um, happening at the beginning of June, as well as a lot of these international teams finishing up the early final four, as well as, you know, they typically tend to just come for summer league, right? So when you factor in all of that around the timing, that's one of the biggest reasons. And then the other reason is because we, you know, we have a way, uh, we work with some overseas partners to really be able to distribute some of our statistics and our footage and, and different things like that to really make sure that, like I said, we take care of the players um, while mm. also making sure that teams have a fair opportunity to receive the the info that, that they need to make the most informed decision on their future players. Interesting. So basically, even though they're not present, they still get, quote unquote, the full experience because you will have some material that you can present to them. Yeah, and they can they can opt in to, to get all of that stuff. I mean, we post a lot of it online, but there's some additional stuff that, that we have internally that we don't necessarily share for the public, whether they're in America okay. or international. And then we're yeah. able to have this separate, separate thing for teams um, who really want to get this access to additional information, which I think is a pretty powerful tool. Um, you know, concerning it's got game breakdowns, it's got all it's got all the stuff that you could imagine. Um, you know, it's it's not the same as being there because being there, there's there's no substitute for, for being there and experiencing it live and being around the guys. But it is definitely a great alternative for, for people that are, you know, in Europe or that are overseas or that are internationally who just, you know, can't get out for the two days that we do the event. So I want to ask you, I know it's like really early because the event was just last week, but, you know, I asked from, from year one to year two, what you would change uh, or you, what you did change. Do you have anything in mind in terms of, you know, you just finished this event, anything in mind in terms of what you want to build upon next year? Oh, of course. I have so many ideas. I have so many ideas on uh, things that we can change. You know, I've been going through it, trying to figure out, you know, how can we make this a little bit better? How can we make this a little bit better? What could we just do for everyone that makes it a better experience? But to be honest, those ideas are kind of, I'm, I'm tabling those. Right now, my biggest focus is to make sure, you know, our guys that we had this year are taking care of, you know, teams are reaching out for interviews, you know, I'm making sure I connect them to the right player personnel, to the right agents, to the right people to really connect these dots for everybody because I want to see everybody in a summer league team. I want to see as many guys as possible. I'll get drafted. I want to see, you know, whatever it may be, I want these guys to be there. So my focus right now leading up to the draft and summer league is kind of, you know, recapping, taking notes, figuring out what we can do better, but also really focusing on the players, the agents right now and the teams, making sure they're all set in stone for this year. And then once that's done, then I'll start to implement, you know, how to make it bigger and better for the general public, how to make it bigger, and better for the players. What can we do to add um, and continue to grow the event? But that's kind of how I'm, I've been approaching it right now. 
Um, plus, you know, it's, it's nice to have a little breather. I have to spend so much time for <laughs> the event. So, you know, it's, it's good. You know, finals are coming up. I just want to enjoy some basketball. Um, and I want all of our guys to enjoy some basketball. And then, you know, we, we get back to work. We continue to keep working hard just as much as they're going to be doing on the court, getting ready for the draft. I'm doing off the court, right? So it's, yeah. it's the same comparison. You know, I'm trying to make it to the league. They're trying to make it to the league. So we'll just keep on, keep on keeping on and, uh, you know, trying to, trying to continue to improve that way. Makes total sense. Uh, I'm not sure if you're at liberty to say this, but were there any prospects in attendance who had scouts buzzing? You know, there were there were a couple people, and and I can just say from kind of an overall you know media standpoint, an overall kind of standpoint that there were a couple players that definitely were turning some heads. Um, you know, I think I think Dikembe Dixon really performed incredibly well at our event. Um, I think Brandon Sampson from LSU showed what he can do. I mean, he ended up with a 42 inch vert had a couple really incredible dunks. showed some athleticism that people were maybe not sure of because you know he didn't play too much at lsu this year but he's a guy look let's bring back up that name antonio blakeney you know mm-hmm. you have brandon mm-hmm. samson the next kid from lsu who knows if he's gonna be the exact same or whatever you know they have different styles in the way they play but again another kid highly recruited great talent just balls out at our event i think there's gonna be a team that's lucky to pick him up um you know and then i think there were some other great players who, you know, proved what they can do and are, and are definitely generating, you know, interest across the board. You know, a LeGerald Vic from Kansas. I mean, coming in, he was probably one of the most highly touted players as, as one of the main alternates of the, of the NBA combine. He came in, you know, he did, he did pretty well. Um, Kendrick Nunn from Oakland. I think he's a guy with an interesting story that, uh, you know, given the opportunity is going to perform well. I mean, the kid can flat out score. So those are a couple of the names that, uh, that I can, you know, confidently share of, of guys that I think will really be able to to make a splash um, pretty soon in the next couple of months here. Nice. Yeah, I'm mostly just asking because the Sixers have two late second round picks, so I'm trying to get some scouting intel on yeah. guys who they should be thinking about in that. Range. Well, well, in that case, in that case, we have 24 amazing prospects that just <laughs> you know, and and don't don't forget Dang Adele. You know, obviously, you know, he wasn't mm. one of the 24 on court guys, but he did his testing um, before everyone else got there. But again, another great prospect. But if you're if you're you know doing some scouting intel, we got 24 guys ready for you. Um, <laughs> sure. Let me know what you need. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm preparing for when Brian Colangelo gets fired and they're going to hire another Brian. So uh, next in line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's right. Yeah. That, that's how it to, works, to, right? To yeah. 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 Uh. <laughs> Any other questions for Jake about this year's event? Well, I, I'm actually just really impressed about the whole setup, really. Um, I, I, I think, as I mentioned twice already, <clears throat> that there is a, a great need because... I feel there's so much basketball going on and like you have guys coming from nowhere these days because the game has become so global really and and that means you just have to have your eyes everywhere which I think is impossible so you need you know combines you need camps you need these type of events to really give everyone a fair shot like don't get me wrong great players will always get spotted but I, I think there are guys who in their youth if they aren't like stars when they're 18, 19 years old, then they kind of get forgotten about. But if they can come in and give the teams just a, a short reminder, hey, you know what, you've seen me before, and then they go to Europe for a few years, that they go to the G League and, and whatnot, and then they develop, then they have this rapport with teams, which I just think is, is absolutely essential. So um, I, I'm, I'm really impressed about the work you do. 
I appreciate that more. I really do. You know, we, we put a lot of work into it. Um, you know, we do a lot of a lot of research on it. We do a lot of scouting on it. We do a lot of evaluation. Um, you know, but a lot of these guys. I mean, look, we have guys coming from. You know, like I said, we had Todd from D two. We had multiple mm. guys from mid major programs. We had a lot of guys from high major programs. You know, I think I think a lot of the game of basketball too comes down to to fit. Um, and being able to capitalize on an opportunity. And we've seen time and time again, one chance, one 10-day contract, one opportunity, one one team taking a chance on you. All you need is one. And if you yeah. can capitalize on that, you know, there are a lot of great players out there. And I think that that's really what, it, you know, separates our event from a lot of other people is, you know, we provide an incredible, incredible opportunity to be seen by decision makers leading up to the most important weeks of your professional career um, assuming you want to play in America, right? So mm. I think that, you know, when you when you put everything together here, um, you know, basketball is a beautiful sport. Basketball is a beautiful thing. And for me, just being able to see these guys live out their dreams is, is what makes it what makes it great. So, you know, you better believe I'll be watching on on draft night rooting for our guys. <laughs> and then, you know, following that, I'll be rooting for their training camp deals, their summer league deals. And I'll be the first one to be going crazy with a Coors Light in my hand and just, you know, going nuts. So, um, <laughs> You know, but that's that's what it's that's what it's all about. And, you know, I think I think uh, I appreciate you guys for bringing me on to talk about this, because I do think, you know, we do get caught up with just these high lottery picks and, and these prospects that everybody knows about. But I think it is important to make sure we're talking about guys that, that can make a splash, just need to have the right opportunity. And that's that's what we're trying to provide. Yeah, that's well said. And I, I hope listeners out there, I hope you've been taking notes so you can keep track of some of these guys next year, because I. You know, based on last year's success, I, I would think we've got a good chance to have some some of these guys come through the ranks and become G League standouts or, hell, even down the line, NBA players. So, Jake, again, thanks for joining us. Uh, just let our listeners know one more time where they can find you on Twitter and the PBC as well. Absolutely. Before I do that, thank you, Brian and Mort, for, uh, for bringing me on. This has been a, a great conversation. Uh, I'm really excited to see what happens, you know, over the course of the next few weeks. But for anyone that's interested that wants to learn more about uh, myself, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jake Kelfer. And if you're interested in the professional basketball combine, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Pro B-Ball Combine. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, I love connecting. I love connecting with people uh, in all walks of life. So would love to hear your thoughts, feedback, suggestions. Um, and I appreciate you guys. Yeah, very Marcus. good. Yeah, be sure everyone to follow Jake on Twitter. He's going to be a big resource again in the coming weeks. You know, we're all summer league geeks as well, so it'll be fun to keep track of that throughout the summer. And once NBA, in theory, starts to die down, although as we learned recently, it never does, even on off nights. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, Jake, before we go, I, I would be remiss not to ask you because the finals... You know, we're gonna they, we're gonna put this out on Saturday, so game one will have happened by the time this goes live. But we were recording this on Wednesday, so who is your pick in the finals this year? Uh that I whew, put me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> you know, with the finals coming up, what are we year four of of these guys going at each other? Yep. You know, it's yep. almost it's yep. almost a mini best of seven series within the finals. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I think. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have to say I think the Warriors are gonna pull it out again. Um, but what LeBron's doing right now is incredible. We'll see if he can get the help he needs. But you know, if I if I had to pick, I think I'm gonna roll with the Warriors. Yeah, both both of us did as well. So you're in good company yeah. there. <laughs> and and millions of other people. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
Yep. So did the rest <laughs> of the world. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you everyone for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bios, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter at Almighty Casts. I'm Brian Tapork. As always, I was joined by Morton Jensen. And then again, a special thank you to Jake Kelfer, founder of the Pro Basketball Combine, for a great conversation today. Have a good one, guys. You too, Brian. Thanks, guys. All right. And then, Jake, you can just hit.